0: I think COVID, the best thing is, you know, one of my clients said, never waste a good crisis. And I think that now is the best time for you as a employee to push back and say, look, I've been working from home for six months and it's working well.
1: Failing, failing, failing. we talk about failure, some
0: battles you feel like you lost, and survival, some battles you feel like you win. It's
1: tough. I had to make some tough decisions. We've all faced failure, but what steps do we take to launch ourselves into success? I'm Sarah Brown. There is life. A blessing. Achieve your dream. And then what we do with it. And this is Failing Forward. Hello, listeners. This podcast episode, I have Deborah Savage on with me, and she is an executive recruiter. She actually is a executive recruiter here in Cincinnati. And um, let me just say that the most special person in my life recommended that I talk to her, and that's my husband, Dave. So, welcome, Deborah. Hi,
0: Sarah. Good to be here.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad you're here, and so, I get enjoy
0: talking to Dave.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. The two of you could gab all day long.
0: We did. We did. I know.
1: I know. So uh, you and I got to chit-chat last week. Let's first give our listeners, give us an overview of your work history because there's something about your work history that I love, and I think our listeners will too. So give us a, a brief overview of your work uh, All right.
0: I'll, I'll try to keep it short. Um, so I'm probably on my fifth career. Um, so I started at Deloitte. Uh, straight out of school, partner track, so I thought. And, um, you know, probably the big change was when I told the managing partner that I was going to have a baby.
1: Yes. And
0: he said, great, but I don't understand. And I said, well, uh, just letting you know that because I don't want to travel during busy season. And he said, well, you're going to be large and uncomfortable, you know, and <laughs> I don't understand how you can go to audit. So uh, looking back, I was 24 years old. I just said, I'll be fine. You know, flash forward, you know, 30 some years, I would have looked at him and said, well, you know, half the partners are large and uncomfortable and they'll still be that way after busy (laughs) season. So pretty much decided that Deloitte at that time wasn't going to be my long-term plan. I wound up then being hired um, by a client um, with one of the Deloitte managers and one of the best jobs ever. Um, so I worked directly for the CFO doing all kinds of work that um, he couldn't have. He didn't have time to do. So okay. I didn't have any direct reports, uh, but I did anywhere from finding new office space to highly technical accounting to hey, there's these new things called PCs. Can you find out if we're going to need them? <laughs> Best job. I'd go into his office and say, "Hey, guess what, Mark? I'm pregnant again." And we'd figure out different projects. So I worked for him for 14 years. Okay. A great job uh, while I was raising my kids. And anywhere from five days a week, 30 hours a week to one day a month after the fourth one. Nice. So really, kind of flexed. Then it did hit some other stints. Then as a business manager at an all-girls school to um, a county manager. And then wound up working for a uh, startup. And so this, so I guess this is like we're probably on the fourth one now. And as a startup was me, the founder, and three PhD scientists, mm. which was an amazing job, which really then also piqued my interest in diversity. I was already obviously you know, very concerned with gender equity. Yeah. Um, really got involved at that point. We were 75% diverse. We had people from Pakistan and Venezuela and Trinidad in the Sudan and really got involved in diversity then, in diversity at small companies. Um, from there, I left there and was an outsourced CFO and then wound up at Gilman. Um, I had hired... And Gilman him. The, is
1: the recruiting, recruiting. firm right yeah. now.
0: Yep. And I, Tom Gilman, I had known from our days at Deloitte. He was actually a partner at Deloitte. Called him up when I was at the startup and said, hey, I need some help recruiting. I hear you do a good job really fell in love with them um, because they were a bunch of business people who happened to recruit and so they talked my language i uh, stayed friends with them and then one day i'm having coffee with a partner and he said how you like being out an outsource cfo and i said oh it's great i'm out in the community i'm doing some speaking engagements i'm working with clients i'm talking about accounting not doing it so much. I really like talking about accounting. I'm not real good at doing it anymore. But I was driving to Dayton, and yeah. he said, "Well, why don't you come work for us?" And so I've been a recruiter at at Gilman now for four years, specializing in HR, accounting, leadership positions. I do a lot of nonprofit work.
1: So, Deborah, th- this topic of how do you how were you able to shift? in those different careers at different times in your life? Because I think that's very interesting to people. So what are some tips that you have for them?
0: The first thing is when you decide you're changing your career path, um, and I do a lot of counseling, you know, people that are looking for jobs or looking for careers, is don't focus on the job. Focus on what you do well. Okay. So when I was kind of looking for that fourth and fifth career, it wasn't I don't I want to be a controller, I want to be a CFO. No, it was what do you do well? And I talked to a lot of people. I did informational interviews.
1: How do you know what you do well? Because I think people struggle with that.
0: You don't you don't decide for yourself. So you talk to people that you worked with as peers. I like to talk to people that I did work with on a b2b basis so i talked to my banker when i was a um, cfo i talked to hr consultants when i was an hr manager i talked to the insurance agent and said why did you like to have me as a client
1: yes you know,
0: how did did you see me as a client so i'm not asking them the technical accounting questions and what i heard was because you've learned that you get the feedback from your boss on your performance review. Yes, you closed the books. You did a good job. But what you really do well is what your peers and your acquaintances see you at. So what it came back to is, you know what, Deborah, you're great at relationship building. Yeah. You're great at getting to the root of the problem. Um, You know, you do really well with balancing a lot of stuff at the same time. I mean, if I am not knee deep in chaos, I'm not happy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then the thing you ask is, what am I not good at? Yes. That's really hard to hear. Um, But you need to listen to that. And so what I heard was, when you get bored, you get sloppy. Interesting. And so now I know that chaos is good for me. And I thrive in chaos. (laughs) Uh, When I was at the startup, my nickname was the Directoress of Happiness.
1: Stop! I
0: love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And 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 it was a tough job, but you know people still call me and they go, "This is the best job I ever had." <laughs> um, and I think that's because I listened. Right. So I knew I needed a job that I listened. So then I think when you're changing careers, you look at that. When you're going to take a step sideways. Yes. Or you know, I'm going to stay home for a couple of years, or I'm right. going to work part time. You have to look at that. As a plan. The same way when you entered college, you said, What am I going to do when I graduate? Okay. So much, what classes am I going to take that I'm going to enjoy? What classes am I going to take that are going to get me where I want to go? So when you decide to stay home, so when I decided that I was only working one day a month, I did things that were challenging and utilized my business skills. Okay. So I chaired. The long range planning commission for my school. And at that point, we did a feasibility study and we were told we could raise 750000 We knew we needed to raise more than that. And I gathered a committee with Don Nyer, you know, who was head of Nyer Construction, uh, an architect. I had school teachers, and we put together a pitch book went to the archdiocese and said, hey, I think we can raise more money. We raised $1.2 million. Wow. Had I stayed as an accountant, I'd never have that opportunity.
1: So what you're saying is when you go sideways on a career, be strategic and thoughtful in what uh, um, volunteer and other things that you spend your time on because you can use those for your resume. Right.
0: So for example, my daughter just went back to work as a first grade teacher. She took three years off in those three years. She had other opportunities. One was to teach preschool, which she did for a year. The next year they said, we'd like you to teach preschool. And she looked at it and said, while that's good and I'm maintaining my license, is there something else I can do for the school? So what she did, they said, well, how about you come and be our creative play director? Then she was developing curriculum. She was talking to the teachers. She was kind of management skills. So she just got a job last week as a first grade teacher. And they looked at that and they said, we really like that. And maybe next year you can be in charge of creative play here for the school district. Wow. So again, it's staying
1: relevant. So staying relevant. Okay. And then... Do you think that it's hard right now? So you know the landscape, the job landscape right now. Do you think it's hard for people to find the flexible jobs that you found?
0: I'd say a year ago was harder than now. Seriously? Seriously. COVID has changed the landscape. Say Um, more. A year ago, I'd go to an employer, to my client, and say, Sarah, i would love to come work for you. But she really needs some flexibility. You know, she cannot work till six o'clock. Day clear, closes at five. Yeah. Or whatever that barrier you have. And the employer would say, no, we expect everyone to be here nine to five. You can't manage people unless you're here nine to five. And that's just the way we are. With COVID, everyone's working from home now and employers are going, oh, Sarah's doing a really good job, and in fact, Sarah may be doing a better job now because she's not worrying about, you know, at 430, I need to finish up this project because I need to hurry up and get in the car and go pick up my kids. And, oh, my gosh, what if there's a traffic jam? So I think COVID, the best thing is, you know, one of my clients said, never waste a good crisis. And I think that now is the best time for, for you as a employee to push back and say, look, I've been working from home for six months, and it's working well. Yes. I'd like to work from home one day a week. or well, I'd like to be part time. Um, and I think it's, it's looking at, you have to look at the big picture and see how that fits in. I have a client that we just placed somebody and the whole conversation was we have a long-term employee that we really like to keep. Yes. But she's overwhelmed. We wound up hiring somebody and she came in and she said, I am so happy you hired this person because now I can go part-time. Would you mind if I went part-time? And they're like, great, this (laughs) is perfect. And I, so I think now is the time to go back to your employer and say, I've been doing this. It's working out. And and how do you go forward?
1: So, for those who are looking to get back into the workforce, are there any industries that are really popular and need to fill jobs? I think nonprofit and the social services. You do? Because mm-hmm. I sort of thought nonprofit, because of COVID, they wouldn't be hiring.
0: It depends on where you're
1: at, it or might- they're sh- they're still shut down.
0: Yes, but there's some that are essential
1: services. Like, what would be essential services? Uh,
0: Meals on Wheels, ones that support elderly services. They're busier than ever. I just talked to um, the CEO of uh, Northern Kentucky Community Action. Mm -hmm. And in a normal month, they would pay people's electric bills about 1,600 families. Yeah. In one month, they paid 8,500.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: So a lot of the social services are actually expanding. I think the professional services are also areas where they're expanding. Um, so if you're working for an accounting firm, OK, um, some of them are expanding because all of a sudden, their clients are calling and saying, "Somebody's going to come do this PPP loan." <sighs> right. I don't know how to do it. Right. Um, so I think in this environment uh, you, you have to look at those who's servicing whom, which industries are, are being crunched, and which ones are expanding. What, Anyone, other, ones
1: are, what other ones are expanding other than accounting?
0: Um, manufacturing companies that are making things like plastic bags.
1: Plastics,
0: yeah. Um, of course, PPE, we all know that. Um, you know, Kroger. Is an example. So, you know, if they're hiring more people in the front lines, that means there's more people that they have to hire in the accounting, more people they have to hire in human resources. They have to have more recruiters. Right. And so I think those kind of industries, and I would say that if you're trying to get back, a really good place to look is people, professional services that place people in interim roles. So, you know, there's a lot of firms that place HR people. There's a lot of firms that place accounting people. Um, There's people that place office people. Those are great places to kind of get your feet wet. Yeah. Because if you're – and even if the job seems to be a little – less than you want to do, it's often just a good way to get in. Stepping stone, sure. Stepping stone. So, you know, office manager. You can go work for a temp service that puts an office manager in. And even though maybe you're a marketing person, you know, they may look at, and and I just had this discussion today. People are more willing to take a risk with a temporary person. Yes. It's only a three-month gig. But once you get in there, you can find out. So I think, you know, first of all, If you're already working, now's the time to raise your hand and say, I need a different path. If you're not working, then the the temp services, those kind of professional services, you know, if you're an accountant, a a lot of CPA firms will say, yes, just come work for me for busy season.
1: So
0: look at those people that have those bubbles. The other thing is then really do two things. Get your resume and make sure there's no gaps. If you've okay. taken five or ten years off and yeah. were CEO of the Savage Household, yeah. put that in there. Because my theory is if you don't put it in there, employers are going to make assumptions. You know, were you in jail? Right. You know, what was going on? And then you put in there, you know, I chaired, you know, a gala. And then put in, oh, if you've got some great. Um,
1: like metrics, metrics behind it.
0: Yeah, you know, shared the gala. When I started it, we raised 150000 When I ended it two years later, we raised 500000 Yeah. You know, chaired the long range Planning Commission. Did, you know, coached. coaching is a great one. Mm. Parents. You know, oh, and here's the struggles. I mean, anybody that can manage, you know, 15, 16-year-olds, <laughs> great management skills. Right. Um, the other thing then is to look at – are there gaps in your resume where maybe you need to take a class? So I just placed a woman and she was making a 180 degree um, change. Yeah. And she went back and she wanted to get into nonprofits. So she took a class on grant writing. She took a class on nonprofit accounting, you know, all these, not a whole degree, just some certifications, just some classes, learn the lingo, understand. And that also solidifies whether or not you really belong in that industry other thing. Yeah. Don't ever let your LinkedIn profile lapse. Right, right. You know, and keep up with those contacts. So if you leave Deloitte, make sure you're having, you know, coffee with those people a couple times a year. And then when you do something good, put it on your LinkedIn profile so that you don't have to remember five years later.
1: So this is an interesting thing around networking during COVID because I am a, I love networking. Like, if I could network all day, every day, I would. Um, so I'm curious, what are some suggestions that you have? Because typically I would go meet for breakfast or a coffee or lunch. What do you recommend? And I have a couple tricks too, but what would you recommend for still networking and, and staying connected with your network?
0: Well, virtual profits. And, and actually, I think again, it's a good opportunity because people that might have been hesitant to network with you before, yeah. You know, oh gosh, if I want to go to lunch, I've got to take an hour and a half, and I right. just can't get away from the office. Now they're working from home, and you can say, "Hey, would you like to meet me?" You know, after your kids get off to school, or before your kids get up in the morning. You know, how about let's have coffee at seven a.m. before yeah. I take her up. And I don't care if you're in your jammies, make it fun, make it light. I think it's different, but I haven't had anybody that didn't want to network with me because it was COVID. Yeah, do things differently. You know, some people say, I'd like to meet you outside. And so we're doing that. That's what I
1: did. I did a walk. And then, um, my neighbor who's a president of a company, she's working from home too. And she's like, I had them come over to my back porch and we just sat outside and I was like, that's a great idea too. So I think it's being flexible, but not because, because COVID's been for how many months now? I I mean, you need to keep your network fresh.
0: Absolutely. And you need to keep it fresh whether you're working or not. Yeah. Uh, So I've had two meetings so far at people's pools.
1: Oh, I love that. And.
0: You know, just like, hey, I have a background pool. Why don't you just come hang out by my pool? It's like, oh, yeah, I guess I could do that. And <laughs> and this is a client that I meet with several times a, a year, year, probably six times a year. Yeah, uh, we are meeting more often now. And she's like, oh, my kids are at camp this week. Come on over. We'll hang out by the pool. Yeah, um, I have another meeting on Friday by somebody's pool. Uh, you know, there's great coffee shops, uh, Marymount, Um Starbucks has a lot right, of options. Right, sit
1: outside. Yeah, yeah. especially um, in the back there.
0: That's right. So there's all you know. You can do that, like you say. You get creative, and I think now's the time. If you ha- you can reach out to somebody and say, "Hey, things are a little crazy, you know, and I haven't talked to you in a while. How would you like to take a break and have a cup of coffee at seven in the morning, or a glass of wine at you know four thirty? Yeah. So I think now people, especially people that maybe were hesitant before because they, their t- schedules are so crazy, you can say 20 minutes. Let's just catch up.
1: Yeah, everybody can do 20 minutes. And generally, people are pretty generous with their time. I just It's just like a totally new and different. And you know, for me, I used to go, I would do happy hours. Well, then I cut alcohol out and going to do happy hours, I was like, what am I going to do differently? And Mm -hmm. so I switched it to lunches and to breakfast, which is fine. And then COVID hit and I'm like, now I got to switch it again, you know? And I would say
0: you're probably more likely to get people to do first thing in the morning. Okay. Especially people that aren't used to networking. So if you're meeting a former coworker and you just want to stay in touch, first thing in the morning is often easier for people because they don't have to try to leave the office. Sure you know if you can meet so, them at
1: 7:30 could you give some tips around uh, cuz i'm guessing you're pretty strategic about your network and who you stay connected to what are your tips around uh, around that
0: i think people are, are are in a couple buckets okay there are some people i just stay networked with because they give me good advice
1: okay i'm writing this down yeah So,
0: my two best friends are from Deloitte. Yeah, so that's a long time ago. We've known each other for almost forty years. We will get together a couple times a year for dinner, and then I'll tell them what's going on in the office. And they have a total arms length. You know, they don't really know anybody, but they'll give me good advice. Hey Deb, you know, sometimes you get a little overexcited about this, or maybe you're taking that too personally, or How about trying to do that? So I think you have networking that are basically coaches. Yeah. Because they know you, they love you. They'll be straight with you. Those are really important. Then I think you have people that you know and like that might be a client down the road. They may have a job. And so you you might work with them a little more strategically. And and when you meet with them, you're probably not asking for advice. You're probably shooting your own one.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Guess what? I just did this gala and it was really great. And I managed 250 volunteers because they may be able to refer you down the road to somebody else or connect you down the road.
1: So, and with that bucket, I tend to, if it's, I'll toot my own horn, but I'm also seeing how I could make it better by asking them for input. Or did you have that as a third bucket?
0: No, I think that's, that's kind of a third bucket. I think these people, and I just had this conversation right before this one. Yeah. Um, with a woman that I've had wine with probably six times a year for the last three years. Yeah. We started with coffee and we moved to wine. Yeah. <laughs> As you get more comfortable. Yeah. And, and the thing that she said, it was we shared our issues and our problems and our successes. And so with, with her, there probably wasn't a a lot of opportunity for her to critique me or me to critique her. Yeah. But it was advice. You know, have you thought about this? Yeah. Um, but it really wasn't that critiquing. And then I think um, this third bucket, and this is a an important bucket. If you're looking for work and you want to step back in and that's where you're going to find somebody that's doing the job that you want to do mm. or that, Is really somebody that you would consider to be a mentor light. So for example, if I wanted to, to change and be a recruiter, I'd go talk to somebody that was a recruiter and I'd say, Hey, this is what you know I've done. Does it relate to what you're doing? Tell me why you like what you're doing. And and that's more listening. So I think the first bucket is coaching. The second bucket is kind of that networking, getting out there, saying. You're kind of
1: selling your brand a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And as women, we don't do that enough. Yeah. And especially if you think, well, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. Oh, but you just increased the gala from 150 to 250. Right. You managed 250 people. You know, you managed a cookie drive and all those moving parts. I mean, those are important things, and we tend to, to discount those. You need to talk about those. And I think that third bucket is really where you're listening and you're, you're looking for that mentor, you know. And then I think there's another bucket that's not networking, but it's somebody you're really looking for, and that's a sponsor. <sighs> and I can say okay. that's what I didn't get for many, many years.
1: So, you know what's funny? I feel like in the sponsor bucket, I'm good, but... I probably am not doing enough of finding somebody the job that I want to do.
0: Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. And and it's not the job title. Again, it's going back to those, what are the skill sets that I'm doing? Yeah. Before I became a recruiter, I knew very specifically what I wanted to do. I wanted to work with clients. I wanted to work with a lot of different people. I wanted to be in a position where I made an impact on my client's business. And I wanted to be out in the community. Nowhere did you hear me say I wanted to be a recruiter. I just wanted to do those things. And I think that's that really where you're, and as you say, change and evolve and grow and change careers. Just keep thinking, what do I do well? And I ask this to people when I'm interviewing them. What kind of day did you have when you went home and said, Oh my God, it was the best day ever.
1: Okay, so I'm obsessed with that. And I have launched this uh, a coaching program, a 90-day coaching program. And the last piece, is, piece of it is where every individual creates a three to five year life plan. I call it a three to five year move forward plan. But what we focus on is exactly what you're talking about, which is what are the emotions or the feelings that I want to get from the work that I do? Mm -hmm. Because I have done, and I'm sure you have too, so many, um, I'm going to have this done in one year, and two years, and it's really tactical and it's really goal-based, which is good. But back to your point around, it's not the job point, right? It's, But for me, it's how am I going to feel when I do this work? Right. Do I, Am I looking for adventure? Am I looking to give counsel? Am I looking to uh, challenge the status quo? Whatever it might be.
0: And it, and it can be as simple as, you know, for the technical people I, I work with, yes, I, I want to just really solve this problem.
1: Yeah, yes. And, and that's
0: not wrong. That doesn't have to be a big lofty goal, you know. I just want to make sure that when I do this project, every piece is up and down and sideways and
1: ticked and tied. Yeah, because you know? they get excited from solving a problem. Right, right. And that's what I think is really at the heart of what you help people do, which is to understand what gets you excited to go to work every day. What do you want to be doing?
0: Right, right. And I think it's, it's that at the end of the day, if you really think about it, and you peel back that day when you walked in the house and your spouse said to you, wow, you look like you had a good day. Peel that back and say, what was that? Yeah. You know, what, that you balanced that spreadsheet? I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's great. And then, and then let's hone in on how to find a job where you're just balancing spreadsheets all day. Or yeah, you know, did you, somebody called you the directress of happiness? Or you know, <laughs> did, did you get a note from somebody that said, you really changed my life?
1: Um, oh well, I think Deborah, you you have your vocation. You know, it's not just a job for you. Mm-hmm. It's what you were born to do. And I'm going to do a, a promo for Deborah. But if anybody needs some some help, you need to reach out to her. Thank you. Anything in closing that you think would be important to share with our listeners?
0: Well, I think the other thing is that two things: tell your story tell Mm -hmm. your story, tell your story. It's like in real estate, location, location, location. Yeah. Don't be afraid to tell your story. I stayed home for 10 years because I made the decision. That means that you can make the tough decision. That's right. I moved to a smaller house. I moved home to take care of my parents. Tell your story, tell your story. And then nothing is trivial. You don't have to dump everything. But don't be afraid to talk about something that was seemed trivial to you. Um, so one of the things that I talk about when people say, you know, can you think creatively? I'm like, I got the perfect story. I was on this long range planning commission with my church and my school and we were working till eleven o'clock at night and the big issue is where the kids were gonna eat. And I said, You know what, let them eat in the hallway. (laughs) <laughs> and I was trying to be kind of a smart ass. The architect said, oh my God, stop. <laughs> and, he, and he's like sketching on the napkin. He's like, if we make this hallway bigger, we can have a place for the elderly people to work or to have their, um, after funeral things, we can have the boosters can sell ice cream after games. And, and this will just solve the problem. Now, I tell that story because I'm not afraid to look stupid. Right. You know, and, and, and what seemed like a trivial idea, you know, every time when my kids were young and we'd go and I'm like, I did this. This hallway, <laughs> this is mine. So, you know, that, that's a lot of enclosing, but I think it's just, don't be afraid.
1: I love it. Yeah. Uh, I'm so grateful you were on today. Thank you Thank for you. taking your time to be with us. And I know a ton of people are going to get so much out of this.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me.
1: Hey listeners, I've got some great news to share with you. Has COVID gotten you to examine whether you are happy or not? Have you questioned your career, but you're too scared to explore a change? Or maybe you've seen an uptick in unhealthy habits. Well, I've been there. After closing my business, Blown Blow Dry Studio, I moved forward. I launched the Failing Forward podcast, I stopped drinking, I got an amazing new job, and now I'm ready to teach you how to do the same. Since interviewing over 65 people on overcoming fear and coaching countless individuals, I'm excited to announce the launch of Move Forward, a 90-day coaching program And you're going to learn the mindsets and tools to overcome fears, limiting beliefs, and create a move forward life plan. And even more, you're going to feel a sense of freedom, freedom from your fears because you've taken the time to invest in yourself, you've given yourself accountability, and you got unstuck. So sign up now. There are limited seats available. But if you're interested, we'd love to hear from you. So go to our website at failforwardpod.com. I wanna thank everyone behind the scenes, especially Adrian Donica and the team at Gwyn Sound. Also, please find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at failforwardpod.